fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. It's a circle of life. You might think we're talking about the Lion King today, but we're not. We'll go ahead and apologize now if we are highly distracted during this episode because Lacey rescued a bunny. Like, we think it's mm-hmm. just days old. And maybe a day. Maybe a day. So we um, just got milk and, and, and a, a little put it in a little. And that looks like one of those boxes you put insects in. It, it, I think it was in the hamster section. But it's oh, so sm- okay. this was the size of a hamster. It was smaller. So. It's tiny. Uh, its sibling was slain out on the patio. And uh, I buried it, and I got this one, and I've called the Wildlife Center multiple times, and they haven't answered. So I, I just watched some YouTube videos, as one does, Yeah. and we fed it some kitten milk, and it ate a little bit, and it's one of the cutest things I've ever seen. He looks like he's doing a good job. Can D- you tell oh, if it's I, a boy or girl? I don't no. know. Okay. I don't know. Um, we should name it. If y'all have any ideas, let us know. But also, we probably shouldn't, because that means you'll get even more attached I know, than you I'm, already are. I'm having anxiety because I'm worried I'm going to get attached to it before I can get it somewhere, and then I'm going to keep it, and I can't keep it. Because I have two cats, one of which murdered its siblings, so it was it was Reagan who was outside doing Reagan stuff, I suppose. But now I have a bunny, and... He's literally sitting here with us as we record. Yes. Yes, he is. So we've we're no longer a... a fairy tale folk tale podcast we are now a animal rescue yep you heard it here first i know all of the the people that actually know what they're doing are like what are you doing listen it's we're on us it's saturday our theory is that the wildlife center is going to open back up on monday yeah so lacy has got to figure out how to keep this thing alive for two days i know we got them in a warm box we're going to get them a warm sock and uh and milk every We'll go from there. So often. Lots more YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, This is Lacey from the future. Sadly, the bunny did not make it through the night. But we uh, buried him with dignity and just wanted to let you guys know. I guess guess we can name her Annabelle. But no, that would be bad. That would be negative. Okay. Yeah. That does lead us in in today's topic. It does. Today we're bringing you the story of Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann. One of the creepiest toys. Today's episode is very creepy. It is. And did you ever have a Raggedy Ann? Probably. I was trying to think back. I probably did. I don't... I had a Bozo the Clown. I know I had one of those little monkey doll things. Oh, yeah. Those little things. Mm -hmm. Like sock monkeys. Yeah. That's what the bunny needs. A sock monkey. A sock bunny. Yes. A sock bunny. And then we can warm it up and put a bunny in. Yeah. We'll go back to Petco after this. Uh, I sent you a video. I was at the thrift store yesterday. And I don't know. Somebody dropped off their Raggedy Ann collection. Yes. That was the most Raggedy Ann dolls I've ever seen in my life. And that was kind of creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were probably 
There were lots. 25? Yeah. Raggedy Ann dolls? Yeah. And I said, Did you get not one? today? No. I said, not today, Satan. Well, if you have a Raggedy Ann doll of your own at your house, you might also consider donating it after this. Yes. Yeah. It is a weird story. Mm-hmm. So the Raggedy Ann doll was created over 100 years ago. Um, it's one of history's most iconic toys. You're probably already picturing it in your head. It is a, quote, rag doll. It's got the red yarn for hair and a triangle for a nose. And it was created in 1915 by American writer Johnny Gruel. Not oh, sh- Johnny Gruel. Not sure why a writer was making dolls, but well, we're, we're going to tell you. But, yeah. The story goes that Gruel's daughter, Marcella, found a faceless rag doll in the attic of her grandmother's home, which is also creepy, just a mm-hmm. faceless doll. So she brought it down to her father, who drew a face on it for her, and he sewed on a button... A pair of button for eyes. That reminds me of Coraline. Oh, button yeah. Button eyes. Uh-huh. I don't. Uh-huh. Or what's that other Cor- story? What's Coraline other? was probably inspired by this. The bunny that um, has the, bel- the bel- velveteen rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. Um, where the bunny comes to life. Mm-hmm. Her father named this doll after two of his favorite poems. One was The Raggedy Man, and the other one was Little Orphan Annie. Put them together. Put them what together. do you, you get? Raggedy, Raggedy Ann. Annie. Raggedy Annie was just too much. Probably, yeah. So. Raggedy Ann. Um, Marcella loved this homemade doll so much so that Gruel figured that other children would like the doll as well. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So his Raggedy Ann doll was patented in um, September 7th, 1915. It A was long patent time ago. D47789, just in case you're it's wondering. It's official. It is official. Unfortunately... Shortly after this, tragedy would strike the family. So in 1917, when Marcella was only 13 years old, she was, this blows my mind, she was vaccinated at school without her parents' permission. That's how they did it back then. They were like, we got to get this done. What vaccine do you think this was, 1917? Polio. Polio, maybe, I don't know. Smallpox. So they ended up sticking her with a dirty needle, and she contracted an infection that would eventually take her life. So I would like to point out that it was not the vaccine that killed no, her. No, it was the needle. It was the dirty needle. You think they were just like sticking all sticking the kids the with the same, same needle? needle probably. So between the time she became ill and her death a few months later, her body went completely limp like a rag doll, which is So they say. After her death, friends and family would describe Gruel as, quote, possessed with a heavy countenance. I would be, too. Yeah. Um, and in his daughter's memory, he created a series of Raggedy Ann adventures, which he set in Marcella's nursery and published in 1918 under the title Raggedy Ann Stories. These stories received positive reception, which eventually led him to continue writing adventures for the doll and eventually even added a Raggedy Andy brother in 1920. I didn't know. I knew of Raggedy Andy. I didn't realize they were stories. I thought that they were just a doll. But it makes sense. Yeah, it does. And a lot now, too, you can buy a lot of... They've they've done the opposite. So that was the toy first, mm-hmm. and then the stories. Now a lot of people make the dolls, dolls. of, the, to- of yeah. the stories. So It seems that the Raggedy Andy doll... The Raggedy Ann doll was destined to have a dark legacy, and most people associate her now adult, nowadays with the story of Annabelle, the haunted doll from The Conjuring. We have done an episode, a spooky spot on The Conjuring, on The yes. Conjuring House. Yes. It, they actually have nothing to do with each other. They just kind of combine those two stories. Right. But, yes. Yeah, with their own. But mm-hmm. yes. Annabelle, Raggedy Ann, Annabelle. The Annabelle doll, the real Annabelle doll was a Raggedy Ann doll. And we'll get to that in a second. Yep. But that's how. 
Before Annabelle, though, there was another tragic story involving Raggedy Ann that occurred in New England in the 50s. Mm -hmm. In 1953, Douglas P. Adams, who was 37 years old, was living with his wife and a 12-year-old daughter named Caroline in their New England home. And no one knew that the family would have ever suspected what would come. Douglas P. Adams used a carving knife to slit the throats of both his wife and his daughter in a violent attack that he admitted had no cause and no reason. When I was going over this earlier, I I had typo and there's a typo now. It just said violin attack. And I was like, he hit her with a violin? (laughs) Slit her throat open with a bow bow of a violin? (laughs) No, although that would be sadistic. Mm -hmm. He told authorities at the time... Quote, legally, I am guilty, but morally, that's a different story. Yeah. Okay. Something's some's not right up no, in there. No, that's, that's... Some gears aren't turning. That's terrifying. Many began to wonder if this seemingly happy family with a seemingly normal father could have been possessed by a dark spirit or energy that caused him to commit such a crime. I mean, there's definitely mm-hmm. something going on with him. Mm-hmm. The reason for this leap to this conclusion, because that might seem a little extreme, but a life-size Raggedy Ann doll was found sitting in a chair looking down upon the body of the murdered child. I can just see it. And I bet when they got there, the chair was just rocking back and forth. Ooh, that gives me chills. The Boston Evening American Report stated, quote, The girl's body was sprawled on the floor. At her feet was a mystery novel. A life-size Raggedy Ann sat on the chair facing her. Mm-mm. It makes me. I'm. I don't know why. Like my mind just went to the game of Clue, where it's like in the living room with a yeah. candlestick. It's like in the nursery with the Raggedy Ann doll. That they should add that. You heard it here first. If you did like a spooky edition, mm-hmm. like a like a um, supernatural edition, right? Okay, so now on to Annabelle. Speaking of supernatural things, in 1970, 25-year-old nurse uh, De- how, how do we Deidre uh, yeah. Bernard was given a large Raggedy Ann doll from her mother as a birthday gift. Were you given a doll at 25 for your birthday? Um, I can't say that I was. That's the first problem. That is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just asking for a demon. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I think I would be like, thank you, and like immediately put it. Burn it. Yeah. So Deidre lived in an apartment with her roommates, Laura Clifton and Laura's boyfriend, Cal Rendell. Also, I three's mean, company to do, 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 do. I guess they were do. like, you might be lonely since you don't have a boyfriend. Here's a mm-hmm. doll. Soon after this doll was brought into the home, the three roommates began to notice strange things. They said that they would leave the doll in one place and come home and find it in another. Nope. Nope. They also began to find small pieces of parchment paper on the floor with written messages such as help or help us. Nope. And the three the, to make this even weirder, not that it was, I mean, it was already weird to start with, but the three moment, roommates did not own parchment paper. They weren't baking cookies. No. They weren't baking cakes. So where did this so come where from? where did this come from? Then things started becoming more sinister. At one point, the doll appeared to be leaking blood. Right. Then one day, a male friend was taking a nap and woke up with the doll staring at him as if he... At, as he felt like he was being strangled. And then after the incident, there were deep scratch wounds found on his upper body. So much no. I have so many, I have chills right now. Initially, the roommates thought that an intruder was breaking into the apartment and just messing with the doll. I mean, I guess they ruled mm-hmm. themselves out first that they had a roommate meeting and said, it's not any of us, is it? So then they thought it was somebody breaking into the house. Yeah. But after they ruled this out, they decided to reach out to a medium. 
The medium they met with held a seance, told the women that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where the apartment building had been built. Yikes. Do your research, people. Don't move into an apartment complex that has bad On an Indian burial ground. And by Indian, that was culturally inappropriate, a Native American Indian ground. Dang it, Native American (laughs) burial ground. (laughs) Good job. She told the roommates that Annabelle was a good spirit and essentially just wanted some company. Here's what I'm going to say about that. I don't care if it's a sweet baby angel spirit. I do not want to... something i can't see around me doing stuff no and if if she was just wanted to hang out instead of writing help she probably would have written like hi right yeah this medium is confused yep but after further instances with the doll after things kept escalating deja reached out to a priest who in turn reached out to ed and lorraine warren yeah who everybody knows who they are they were involved in the amityville horror case the conjuring case now they were got called in for a demonic doll. The Warrens informed the roommates that the doll was in fact not a benevolence a benevolent a benevolent spirit, but a demonic spirit in search of a human host. Mm-hmm. So quite the opposite of what this other medium said. Right. Immediately the Warrens noted that they believed were that what they believed were signs of demonic possession including teleportation, so this was the doll moving on its own, materialization, the parchment paper notes, since they did not have parchment paper, and the mark of the beast, which was that guy's chest being clawed. Yeah. Subsequently, the Warrens ordered an exorcism, obviously, of the apartment to be performed by Father Cook and then removed the doll from the home. So I guess you can't just throw the doll out. Mm Mm-mm. She is now locked in a wooden box in the Warren's Occult Museum with a sign that says, Positively do not open. I like that. Positively do not open. Don't do it. Following Annabelle's removal from the apartment, the Warrens documented several other paranormal experiences involving the doll. Um, After the exorcism of the nurse's apartment, the Warrens buckled Annabelle (laughs) into the backseat of their car and vowed not to take the highway in case she had some kind of like accident causing power over mm-hmm. them and would just destroy their vehicle. They like said a, safety first, demon. Yep, buckle buckle her up. You might be a demon, but you still need to buckle click, up. Click, click it or ticket. Click, click it or ticket, Annabelle. So on their way home, um, Lorraine claimed that their brakes either stalled or failed several times, which resu- was close to resulting in near disastrous crashes. Lorraine claimed that as soon as Ed pulled holy water from his bag and like <laughs> doused the doll with it, the problems with the brakes disappeared. I would have, I would love to be a fly. What on the if wall. you just looked over and you just saw somebody like slinging holy water on a doll Raggedy in their back seat? <laughs> They're just like veering all over the interstate. Yeah. Then, upon arriving home, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in Ed's study. There, they reported that the doll levitated and moved around the house. I bet it did. Even when placed in a locked office in an outer building, the Warrens claimed that she would still turn up inside the house. She's She was doing Pers- worse than that at the other people's house. Persistent. So. Right. But they, I guess they exercised the, the bad part of her. Right. And now she just wants, maybe now she just wants to hang out. No, I think she's still demonic because they oh. got her in that, ca- that cage oh, that says, true. positively Positive. do not open. Positively don't, mm-hmm. don't do it. 
Years later, a visitor rapped on the glass of Annabelle's doll case and laughed at how silly people were to believe in her. I don't care if you believe in stuff or not. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with the 1.01% right. chance that it could be real. Right. Because this could be you. Because on his way home, mm-hmm. he lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was killed instantly, and his girlfriend just barely survived. And the girlfriend later reported that the couple crashed right after they were talking about Annabelle. Dun, dun, dun. I don't like it. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren are both deceased now, but their occult museum is looked after by their daughter and their son-in-law. So this is where Annabelle still is. Mm -hmm. And the son-in-law says that Annabelle is the most dangerous item in the museum. But they didn't explain why if they exercised her. Why she was still spooky. Yeah. Maybe they exercised the... I don't know. You see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, mm-hmm. did you get most Maybe of the they just out? exercised her. Yeah, instead of exercised, they just... They just exercised they just her. And she's pissed about that because who likes exercise? Right. And now, now that's why she's super dangerous. She's yep. even more dangerous than she was before. Right. We figured it out. It's a theory. Look at that bunny. He doesn't know anything about... Annabelle and haunted things. No. He's so innocent. He's so precious. And we're gonna do him. We're gonna do right by him. We will. And we're not gonna name him Annabelle. Absolutely not. Or Anne. Yeah. None of those. No. Andy. There's no. There's no bad stories about Raggedy Andy. I don't feel good about a doll name. Okay. That's fine. I support that. Oh, do I have a true crime for you? <sighs> Great. If you ever wondered though about where uh, Raggedy Ann came from, there it is. There it is. Now you have it. And we'll take a little snack break, and we'll see you in a few. We'll, about we'll feed ourselves, weird. we'll feed the bunny, and we'll come back. Yep. Hey, I'll catch you on the flippity flop. You get it? <laughs> the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a snack break. We're having a snack with the bunny. Don't come after us. We're not actually giving a bunny the snack. No. Today we are trying the lemon pie pop tart. It smells good. Yeah. I love lemon pie. I specifically love Jim and Nick's lemon icebox pie, but not if they put it in the paper bag because then it will taste like the paper bag. Pro tip, you ask for them just in the plastic cart, it's 100%. Don't put it in the paper bag. Okay. Duly noted. But we're about to tell you if... You if should even try this. So this I is like the, lemon. The stuff. lemon, what was it? The lemon, lemon pie, pie. pie. Lemon pie pop tart. Uh, first glance, it's it's yellow. It's it got the. Yes. What yellow. do you think these little like seeds are on top? I thought. Well. Or what? Are sprinkles? Starters? I don't think they're seeds. They kind of look like. Seeds. I think they're kind of like supposed to be the crust. Oh, I see. But I do think like they could have done sprink- a better design. Crust sprinkles. Yeah. Kind of looks like rat droppings. Yeah. Or or like bird feed seeds. I'm just yeah. like in an animal mood now. Yeah. So. Okay. Here we go. Well, it smells good. It looks good. I mean, oh. it looks interesting. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tastes like a lemon cream cookie. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. So on the inside, it's got like a, mm-hmm. like a lemon filling. I like it. I'd buy it again. Compared to Jim and X, what do you think? Well, you can't really compare pie and a Pop-Tart. Um, I wouldn't put try, it in a paper bag. That's what I've learned. There's no paper bags. Just put that. You can put it in I'll give it to the bunny. Great, yeah. Okay. Good. I would give it a 9 out of 10. Nine, okay. Yeah, that's good. What? There you go. Lemon Pop-Tart. You, you heard it here. 
This is how you have pie for breakfast. That is the best quote I've ever heard. Pie for breakfast. They need to hire me because mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yep. Oh. Aren't you ready? Yeah. Okay. Part two. Part two. Here it comes. In a minute, I'm going to need a sentimental roll. <laughs> Have you seen that girl in Little Girl on TikTok? No, I haven't. Do you know what song I'm singing? I do. It, the little girl goes, in a minute, I'm going to need a cinnamon roll and i'm like that's same that's me i love that mm. we didn't have cinnamon rolls we had lemon pop tarts but i'm down for some cinnamon rolls for a snack break i it's a great idea love cinnamon rolls let me say that any any cinnamon roll brands out there want to sponsor us and send us some cin- cinnamon rolls cinnamon we'll take them cinnamon seeing enemies could you pop out my pop socket so i can yeah. hold my phone i can't hold the mic and pop it out there, there you, you go, go. All right, well, Hannah, today I'm going to tell you the story of the dollhouse, see what I did there, mm-hmm. of human corpses. Yep. That's where we're going. Off to a good start. Yeah. Do you like that picture that's right there? Yeah, I do. We'll post all pictures on Instagram as usual, but today I'm going to be telling you the case of Anatoly Moskvin. Is this Russian? These oh, I, let me not do accents because that's <laughs> every time, and it always ends up being like British because yep. I can't do anything. That's fine. But and, it is Russian. It is Russian. Yeah. Anatoly was in fact born in Russia on September first, nineteen sixty-six, and was an only child to Elvira Moskvin and Yuri Moskvin. Now I've heard Yuri. Mm-hmm. Um, I know oh. some Ukrainian people. Several of them have the name Yuri. Elvira not, does not. No. <laughs> That must have been like a, a nickname. Nick, uh, old Elvira. El, that old sounds Elvira. like Southern. Isn't like one of the um, yeah, one of the Looney Tunes? Or isn't her name Elvira? Wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I digress. So, Anatoly. This might be surprising, and and I'm not being facetious. He actually had a normal childhood. He was well provided for, and was known for being the smartest child in school. Because, you know, normally when I tell these stories, it There's always starts negatively. Yeah. His childhood was good. Um, he was so smart, in fact, that by the time he was a preteen, he had self-taught himself several different languages. Okay. I still can't speak the English language. <laughs> Documentary. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, what's another one? Crodgers. We don't have Kroger's here in Alabama. So Crogers. My mom loves to tell that story. It's the first time I ever saw it, I said, what's a Crogers? That's amazing. Yeah. Anatoly seemed very happy until his life took a drastic turn in the third grade when one day while walking home from school, he was raped by an older man. Yikes. Making this even worse, he kept the secret from everyone until he was in his 50s. And you know, can't you got to let no, that that'll That'll take a toll out. on you. There was another event in 1979 when he was just 12 years old. So at the time, the Russian government had developed this scheme to help get rid of all the trash on the streets. And to do this, they were holding a competition between all the schools in the country to see who could remove and recycle the most trash. That's and the winning gen- that's genius. Yeah. yeah. And the winning school would get a prize uh, or good funding. So, and, yeah. and they've just cleaned up everything. I actually saw a teacher recently who did this. She gave uh-huh. all of her kids a Kleenex wipe. She taught like elementary school. Yeah. 
and whoever got had the dirtiest Kleenex wipe by the end like won a prize. You know those kids were scrubbing that place up yeah. and down. But uh, do you want your child scrubbing the bathroom floor? No, they were in a. Cl- this was in a classroom. Right. I know. I don't know. Classroom floor. Genius. Was it during COVID? I don't know. Probably mm. not. Anatoly was one. I was on the school trip for this event when he ran into a group of older men. This is so strange and random. Who convinced him to go to a funeral with them? So he meets these strange men. They're like, "Hey, you want to go to a funeral?" And he's like, "Might as well." The funeral was for an 11-year-old girl named Natasha Petrova who had died due to an accidental electrocution when she was taking a bath. Yikes. The men brought Anatoly up to the casket where all he could do was stare at the lifeless body of the young girl. Because it's one thing, I'm sure he knew about death, but to see someone your own age Mm -hmm. that had so much potential lying there lifeless, that will mess you up. The mother of Natasha approached the casket where Anatoly was standing and she told him that he needed to kiss her dead daughter. So he's already pretty traumatized at this point and he immediately begins to cry. He doesn't want to do it. At which point this mother forces his head down (gasps) into the casket and makes him kiss her three times on the forehead. This must have been some sort of like weird folklore, religious ritual of like maybe, I don't know, Mm -hmm. maybe she'll go somewhere good in the afterlife or maybe right. she'll wake up like all the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She wa- she read Snow White and, and she ran like, this with is how it. it happens. It goes even further. So as a reward for d- kissing her three times, she gave him an apple. I, I just now put the two and two together. Snow. She read Snow White. Poor woman. Uh, she didn't listen to our podcast first. Oh. Um, he accepted it. The mother then reached into her pocket and brought out two brass rings and placed one on his finger and one on her dead daughter's finger and then told Anatoly that they were now married. What? After this, she gave him more money and fruit and sent him along his way. And being the 12-year-old little boy that he was, he didn't know any better. He thought, well, I'm married. I'm married. To a I go girl. to go home and shave my 5 o'clock shadow and get to work in the morning you know what in the world so he believes that he's betrothed to a dead girl he went home went to sleep that night and he had one of his the first of many nightmares about natasha petrova the dreams were very vivid and she would talk to him he said that every night she would say the same thing she would tell him to go back to the village where the funeral took place and practice black magic like Mm-mm. how generic that Mm-mm. is. Go back there. You never done magic before. It's okay. It'll come to you. Just do black Just show magic. up. She told him that she would teach him how to do it. But he refused. He was not interested at first. But every time he refused, Natasha's ghost would become angrier until he finally caved and agreed to do it. So the next day, he returned to the village where the funeral had taken place and did what Natasha had told him to do. And after that, things were quiet for a while and he stopped having nightmares. But... Wouldn't you know it, she eventually returned to his dreams and encouraged him to learn more about black magic. And he finally confided in his parents, who decided to take him to a child psychologist. But the psychologist basically said that the nightmares were normal for children his age and prescribed him a sleeping medication. Mm. Nightmares, yes. The same nightmare where you're going and carrying out black magic? Yeah, probably, probably not. not but. Nightmare, nightmares for 12-year-olds should be like, they like got hit in the face with a football or something right 
So to no surprise, Natasha returned to his dreams, but this time things were different. She told him that she would leave him alone and all he had to do was go get a tooth from a, another boy. I don't know how he would do this. Um, and that way she would be able to transfer to that boy's dreams. So somehow he finds a random tooth and he gives it to Natasha. And from that night on, he didn't see her again. But due to this experience, he became obsessed with all things relating to death or black magic, the occult. And his favorite pastime became visiting cemeteries, and he would even visit Natasha's grave. Mm-mm. You know what? I like visiting historic cemeteries. Like, we've been the, to Paris and seeing them there and just looking at how old they are. But this is different. But this, he takes it to a next level. Obviously, I told you what the title of the mm-hmm. episode was. So mm-hmm. I see where this <laughs> is going. Eventually, he would attend Moscow State University, where he majored in language and history. And out of curiosity, around this time, he also joined a satanic group. (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny. I just saw what the title of this thing is on our thing. Did he change it to something stupid? (laughs) Yeah. Let me see. (laughs) Chase likes to, um, because he sets it up, and he likes to put stupid notes titles and stuff not what it actually is he he heckles us he titled it (laughs) raggedy's 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 nuts (laughs) sorry i just randomly saw that in the middle of the episode and couldn't help it thanks thanks for the laugh jace thank you bud (laughs) so where were we sorry so he joined joined the satanic cult yeah he joined the group and this group was known to practice black magic and carry out animal sacrifices Maybe Reagan, my cat, needs to join join this for bunnies. And because of these new interests, Moskvin began to regret pushing away Natasha Petrova because she could have been a very valuable teacher and resource on black magic. Oh, he's like, dang, I wish I hadn't Mm -hmm. gotten her that tooth. Right. As a part of this new lifestyle, he essentially became straight edge. So no sex, no alcohol, no drugs. He eventually graduated from university and was a very well-known academic he could speak 13 different languages. See, is this an example of someone who's like a savant. so smart that their mind, it, it messes with them to, yeah, to a point? I think so. Um, he would travel around to all the top Russian universities giving lectures, and he specifically specialized in Celtic history and folklore. Ah, there I, you bet you, I bet you can find some spooky stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Despite all of his success, he was followed by this obsession with death. And this led him to an additional career as a journalist, specifically writing obituaries in the local newspaper. And this meant that he was able to get paid for roaming around graveyards, which was just a win-win for old Moskvin. He also became an author and wrote many books on history. He also wrote, I don't even know how one person does this, how you do this he wrote an english to russian dictionary i don't i didn't think one person could write a, a dictionary i guess maybe Merriam you know, webster was right but how do you know when you're done like how do you know like i have written all the words that there are i guess he just maybe took an english dictionary and translated it but what just about like Merriam he started somewhere you know, know what i mean Merriam webster gets all the up. credit up until his 30s, Moskvin had never been in a relationship. He was way into his books and reading and academic career. Probably but, thought he was still married. But, right. Forgot to mention that. Also had, had a side piece that just so happened to be dead. Mm-hmm. 
But in 2003, when he was 37 years old, he met a woman named Yolia. And it said that she was perfect for him. She was intellectual and spiritual. She she wasn't a, a Satanist, but they always had good debates and could agree to disagree. She challenged him, as it were. And she even accepted that their relationship would not be sexual. Because remember? Oh, yeah. That was part of of his Yeah, satanic cult. What's unfortunate about this is she also wanted a child. So because of Moskvin's abstinence, their only hope of having a child was through adoption. But at that time, and probably still now, I don't know how things work now, is very difficult to adopt a child if you weren't married. And Mm -hmm. they weren't married. They don't want to get married. Also at this time, he did not have a lot of money. He had just quit one of his jobs at the university and was looking, or was, excuse me, living off his royalties from the books he had authored. Not to mention he was still living with Elvira and Yuri, his parents. Interesting. He was not living with Yulia. And with all these things combined, the adoption agency did not deem the couple appropriate to adopt and they denied their application. It's probably for the best. Mm -hmm. He and Yulia split up, which eventually turned out to be a blessing in disguise because a few months later, he was offered his dream job. And this job was to travel around Russia on foot and analyze research and document cemeteries. Almost, I think he eventually documented 800 cemeteries. So he's just cemetery man at this point. That's a lot. He set off on this journey, and sometimes the cemeteries would be so old and dirty that he would have to clean it up before he could even get to work. He would walk almost 20 miles a day and would be so far away from home without food or water that he later reported he would have to drink from puddles on the ground, which Ew. no one said you couldn't be- bring food in, like, a canteen guy. <laughs> Is that you like know another, I mean? like, satanic cult rule? Maybe. He also frequently ended up sleeping outside in these cemeteries. Nope. The police stopped him all the time and questioned him because they didn't it's not like he, he was like homeless didn't like have like a badge like I'm a cemetery expert, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even worse, the random civilians that found him doing this would run him off and threaten to beat him up if he didn't leave. I think at one point he was kidnapped and they beat him up and brought him back. Yikes. So needless to say, this job was not great for his mental health and his mental health was probably was declining not, anyway. Yeah, already not good to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. mental, mentally, academically, sure, but, right. but stability-wise, no. No. So when he finished with this job, he went home and essentially became a hermit. And he only went out to buy food and other essentials. And his only source of income at this time was from the different articles he wrote that would go in newspapers. Just a little bit on Russia at this time. In 2011, 9-11, obviously, racism and anti-Muslim propaganda was rife throughout the country. And Muslim cemeteries were being vandalized and bodies were going missing. And police were immediately suspicious of Moskvin, A, because everybody knew he was obsessed with graveyards, but B, and I haven't told you this about him yet, it was well known that he was a racist. He would write about his racist views in the newspaper articles and the books he had written. He wrote about how he admired Nazis. None of this was a secret, so police were interested in what he had to say. They were allowed to search his home, and what they found only seemed really strange at first because covering his apartment were these life-size dolls and Mm -mm. most of them were wearing dresses and bonnets some were even wearing makeup they were everywhere they were lying on the ground the sofa leaning against walls some were just lying in piles and these were big dolls like human size Mm -hmm. 
human like, size, one like might say. Ty- like Tyra Banks, life size, the right. movie. Yes. Yep. There ended up being 26 of these dolls in the apartment. And so they didn't know what they were at the time. Just thought it was really weird. You can't take somebody in for having a weird doll obsession. You know what I mean? Yep. They took him in. Some of the other police stayed behind to do a more in-depth search. And one of the officers, because the house was a a wreck, Mm -hmm. they needed to get to something else. And in order to do this, they had to move one of the dolls. But when they did, they noticed that it made a strange rattling sound as if something was inside of it. Ooh. So at this point, they're like, okay, what is the deal with these dolls? What is he hiding? But you got to be careful what you ask for, Hannah, because... I would say drugs, but no, because... I think that's where my mind would go first. Well, he swore off that. That was another Mm -hmm. cult rule. When they cut open the dolls, what they found was horrific, because inside the dolls were the mummified bodies of girls and women aging between 3 and 25 years old. There were 26 of them. I just want to go back to that. He had dug up their graves and turned them into dolls. He dressed them up with clothes and makeup and began living with them. He, in all honesty, like treated the dolls like he would a daughter. He even had all of their birthdays hung up on the wall in their room <gasps> and would celebrate their birthdays, which I guess he got off the tombstones. Ew. They found that each body had a hole in its chest where Moskvin had placed a music box or a noise box or anything that made sound and talked. This way, when the dolls were moved and the box was activated, it sounded like the dolls were talking to him. No. A Build-A-Bear situation, Yeah. if I may. Yes. You know what I mean. I do. They also found that the bodies had been stuffed with rags to give them shape, and they were covered in salt and baking soda to dry them out. And this part of the process took about two weeks because you would put the salt and the baking soda on there and have to dry out, and then he would have to do it in multiple layers. He would then bandage the bodies to preserve their shape. He would cut out the face of dolls, or he would make a clay mask himself, which he then placed over the body's faces. Ew. And he was an expert at many things. He wasn't an expert on mummifying bodies, so they would begin to decay and rot despite the salt and the baking soda and all that. And the neighbors did complain about a horrific smell around the apartment, but they just thought it was a sewage problem. So what's really shocking is that he would complete this entire process in the graveyard. I guess it's a rural area because how do you... How did somebody not see him? Yeah. Obviously, Moskvin was immediately arrested and he did not see anything wrong with what he had done. He considered the dolls his work of art. One might say. (laughs) At one point, he bragged about how he had never cursed in front of the girls' bodies. Because, again, he thought that they were his girls. At this point, it's all over Russian news. They're calling him the puppeteer or the king of the mummies. And this was very upsetting to Moskvin's parents, who said that they had no idea this was going on. Even though they lived with Moskvin in the apartment which was an apartment with 26 rotting doll mummy There's no corpses. Way. There's no way they don't know. They said that Moskvin had collected dolls when he was a child, so they didn't think anything was too odd when he started collecting the life-size dolls. And they just thought he'd, it's, the bad smell was like him because he went to graveyards? Could be. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was the sewage, the too. The sewage, yeah. They weren't thinking anything sinister was going on, but they were concerned about the fact that he was talking to the dolls. 
because they were worried that this new recluse lifestyle was causing him to go insane. I, I would say yes mm-hmm. to that. His mother said that during this time, he had become very childlike. He would refuse to have dinner unless the dolls were allowed to sit at the table. And if someone came over, which who is coming over and smelling all this and not reporting it? I don't know. But he insisted on introducing them to all of his dolls first. Mm-mm. Just imagine. If somebody did come over, they would immediately turn around and leave. They'd be like, I, I forgot. I gotta I have go. this thing at this place. Because we'll post pictures on Instagram. Yeah. I would not look at these things and think, oh, it's just those doll. are dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Mosman told the police that his motive was loneliness. He didn't have a female partner. His adoption attempt had failed, and he wanted a child of his own. But then later, he changed his motive, saying that his goal was to perform black magic on the girls, and he thought he could bring them back to life as if he was a hero. So he didn't kill any of these girls. He just dug no. up their bodies right. and turned them into toys. Yes, yes. He told the police that... It's okay, because you know what? He communicated with the spirits of the girls before he dug them up and asked their permission. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. It's all fine. He said that he would sleep on the girls' graves, and they would come to him in dreams, begging him to bring them back to life. So he was just doing a good deed. Right. Now, not a lot of the victims' names have been released, but there isn't one family that has been very vocal about their daughter. Her name was Olga Chardimova. And hers was the first body that he dug up in 2003. Olga had been murdered when she was just 10 years old by a man who had snatched her when she was on the way to her grandmother's house, which is already very sad. And this family has already gone through enough. She was a missing persons case for five months until a maintenance worker found her body wedged between some piping on the top of the apartment building that she was living in. So they're looking for her for five months and she's she's on the apartment building above her parents' head where they're sleeping. Her mother was quoted as saying, quote, you can't begin to imagine it that somebody would touch the grave of your child, the most holy place in the world for you. We had been visiting the grave of our child for nine years, and we had no idea it was empty. Instead, she was in this beast's apartment. She, he had her um, for 10 years. She was the first. And she, he had her longer than they had been her parents. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> When her parents would visit her grave, they would find notes left for Olga that were written as if she were still alive. For instance, happy last month of your sixth year of school, but she was already passed. Uh So someone was obviously keeping up with her birthday, keeping, he would leave notes on, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Not plot twist. For, no, what is it? Where you ruin the, the story. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There you go. It was Mosfin leaving these notes. And he would sign them, quote, kind angel. Mm-mm. At one point, he even left a threatening note saying that if the family did not erect a proper monument for her, then he would dig her body out. So Even though he already had? Right. Yeah. Olga's family did report all of this to poli- the police, but they were unable to find the person responsible. They couldn't find the kind angel? They couldn't find him. In 2013, Moskvin confessed to and was charged with 44 counts of abusing the graves and bodies of these girls. And while he awaited trial, he underwent a psychiatric evaluation and was diagnosed with, you want to guess? Paranoid schizophrenia, yep. His defense team obviously went for the insanity plea. And during the trial, Moskvin turned to the victim's families and 
and told them, quote, you left your girls out in the cold and I brought them home and warmed them up. Ew. That is insane. He Ew. is insane and he is one of the few I will say, yes. He yeah. is insane. I yeah. don't think he realized no. what he was. No. He thought he was doing these girls justice. Yeah. The judge agreed with the insanity plea and instead of jail time, Moskvin was sent to the psychiatric hospital for an indefinite holding. And just like any other patient, he will be frequently reassessed to see when he is deemed safe to be released from the hospital. The victim's families do not like this. They're fighting against it. They don't believe that the hospital sentence matches his crime. They feel like he's got off too easy. I wouldn't say he got off too easy because it is rumored that he has been frequently beaten, not just by other patients, but other staff members. And he is so heavily medicated that his parents say he is like a zombie. So I, Whoa. I wouldn't say easy. No, and I, I do, I mean, he didn't, I, I feel like I'm trying not to just make it like justify it. He didn't kill any of these people. So like he didn't mm-hmm. murder anyone. Right. He's just sicko in the head. Yeah. Uh, he is now 24 years old and has been fighting to be released from the hospital. And he almost got his wish in 2019. The hospital said that he was much better and could be safely released. But in order to do this, they had to have a second opinion. So they brought in an outside doctor but he disagreed with this and stated that Moskvin hadn't changed at all and should not be released. He still had no, uh, he was not uh, sorry at all, not apologetic. And so to this day, uh, Anatoly Moskvin remains on the psychiatric ward somewhere in Russia, not digging up anybody else's graves and making dolls out of their bodies. Yikes. And the dolls look like Raggedy Ann, though. I'll show you. They don't really look like dolls. I wonder what his parents were doing. I wonder what they're up to these days. Um, I know at one point, both of them had to be hospitalized for different reasons. Like, his mom had a breakdown, and his dad had a heart attack. I would also have a breakdown if I found out I'd been living in a house with 26 doll Doll, bodies. Doll bodies, yep. Mm. Anyway. There you have it. That is the story for today. We got a bunny to go take care of. And maybe we'll bring you the to get rid next of. time. We'll bring you the story of Peter Rabbit. Oh, that'd yeah. be cute. His name's Peter now. It's Peter. Peter, buddy. That's perfect. There you go. No, he doesn't have a name because we're no. not going to get attached. That's right. I have no feelings towards well, that small, adorable animal. We'll also try to post bunny updates on our Instagram. We'll we'll post scary tales the, updates, but also bunny updates. The content you didn't ask for, you didn't know. You didn't know you needed it. You didn't. Know. And now we're here. I'm a bunny mom. There you go. All right. You can check us out on Instagram at Scary Dolls Podcast. Let us know how you enjoyed this episode. Look at some weird doll photos. Look at some don't buy photos. Don't buy any Raggedy Ann's at the thrift store. I don't no. recommend it. Although if you want to, we can tell you where to find them. And if you do, buckle her up in the backseat and get some holy water. Perfect. That's a perfect yep. note to end on. All righty. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.